Now, let us start our demo talk with a question. And certainly the question to you is, um, I will describe you know, two types of yogis, two types of meditators. Number one, number two. And, <laughs> and then you know, the question is going to be, which one among the two you know, yogis, number one and number two, is closer to you know, the attainment of Nibbana? So, the first uh, meditator, retreatant, is certainly one who is on retreat, but uh, nonetheless is uh, having second thoughts. Why am I here? What is this all for? This is useless. And then, this our yogi number one, will say after maybe half an hour of thinking like this, enough of this sitting, even though the schedule calls for one hour of meditation, my mind is tired, it's high time to take a nap. And then our yogi retreats back to the room and takes it very easy. And you can imagine what the yogi would be doing. And this yogi number one will also will have listened to the instructions, but will think, oh well, the instructions are probably just a recommendation, but not necessarily to be followed to the point. And so there's much leeway there for experimentation. And so. This uh, yogi uh, then uh, will uh, observe the rise and fall for a little bit, uh, but uh, uh, not really stay with it. And when with the uh, rise and fall, uh, we'll be thinking about other things which are much more uh, fascinating. And then, while sitting in meditation, our yogi number one will open the eyes, look around, check whether the other meditators are meditating properly, and then we'll maybe close the eyes again, and then sit for a little longer, and then totally frustrated, get up and leave the sitting. And this yogi will also hold to the general belief, well, life is short and suddenly so I need to enjoy myself. And life, his maxim, his or her maxim for the for life is to maximize well happiness by way of indulging in sense pleasures. So this is yogi number one. Now comes the second case, yogi number two. This yogi comes on retreat, 
and certainly to start with he certainly already has certainly maybe read or uh, already quite certain a bit certain about uh, uh, well uh, Satipatthana meditation practice thinks that this certainly will work and certainly that this certain retreat will surely you know, bring you know, great certain benefits and then our yogi number two you know, will uh, also apply himself or herself quite certainly strongly you know, to the practice, will follow the schedule, do one hour sitting, one hour of walking, sometimes even more you know, than this, and certainly will you know, direct the mind again and again to the primary object. This uh, meditator will also, or this meditator will uh, carefully observe uh, the predominant objects and uh, then uh, the mind certainly will be pretty much uh, glued to you know, the predominant object of observation, whatever the object may be, and certainly then gradually in this certain meditator we find you know, that he or you know, she is certain, uh, well you know, gaining a glimpse of uh, you know, the nature of you know, the various objects. So the qualities, the characteristics of Footnote physical as when as well as mental objects. So now the big question to you: uh, Which yogi do you think is closer to nibbana? Number one or number two? Or maybe number three? Or or maybe none of those? Who knows? So any answers? Of so number two. So then, what is wrong with number one? Yes. Ah, so no, no, it's not applying himself or herself to the practice, taking it easy. What else? Um, not, not taking it seriously. Yeah, not taking it seriously. Any other qualities? How would you characterize the yogi number one? No doubt. Ah, doubt. Uh, yes, so he comes on retreat already with plenty of doubts. And then? So it's not applying himself. And then, Jim? Well, I would just say that his wish hasn't yet come fully to the surface. Something impelled him to the retreat, but uh, it hasn't yet uh, matured. Matured. Okay, one could say that. That's correct. And certainly, what certain other qualities and qualities characterize our yogi number one? Wrong view. Mm, wrong view. Uh, why is that? Because of his maxim for life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could say that. Ah, okay. And Satnya then, did you detect still some other quality in yogi number one? Oh, What's that? Pride. Pride. Why is that? Oh, I'm not going to follow the instructions. Oh, never follow the instructions? Okay, yeah, good point. And? Impatience. Impatience. Anything else? Well, um, yeah, this yogi during the sitting um, opens the eyes, uh, checks on the other meditators whether they're sitting or not. Restlessness? Restlessness, yes. Uh, uh, no sense restraint. Uh, yes, no sense restraint. The restlessness, yeah, is correct. Distraction. Okay. <laughs>
So, so simple. And so, and then, then in terms of well, his or her way of dealing with predominant objects, how would you characterize this? Indulgent. Lack of mindfulness. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Lack of mindfulness. So we can characterize that the yogi number one, and I'm summarizing a little bit and leaving a few answers out, um, or dis- disregarding a few answers. So our first yogi will be characterized by disbelief, and is characterized by laziness, and then by forgetfulness, by distraction or restlessness, and then, uh, well, delusion rather than wrong view. Maybe next time I have to shape, I have to present it a little bit more in a different way. Now, in the case of our second yogi, uh, and Angelina, Angelina is saying he or she will be closer to Nibbana, his or her practice is then characterized by which qualities? What's that? Diligence. Diligence. And another term for diligence would be? Mindfulness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a, your vigilance, also correct. So, and then what else? Determination. The determination, mm, yeah, determination. How, do you have another word for this? Okay. Effort. Here it comes. And Satna then? Faith. Faith, yes, okay. So faith, effort, Satna, mm, diligence, vigilance. Determination. Yeah, determination, effort is the same. And? Continuous mindfulness. Continuous mindfulness, yes, correct. Those five factors of... Uh, <laughs> ah! <laughs> so, you mean what? The five factors or the five powers? Uh, well, faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, so, the topic of our Dhamma talk today, and now is the time to reveal the topic, uh, is the five controlling faculties. And uh, as Jim has uh, correctly detected or, or, or um, said, they, you know, those consist of faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. Now, we are here, we're practicing here together, uh, not without a reason. We're, we're not here just to waste our time and uh, uh, just uh, uh, enjoy the good food and uh, <laughs> good accommodation. Now, those five controlling you know, faculties in the Pali scriptural language are known as uh, uh, pancha indriyani, and certainly they are you know, defined as you know, those certain you know, mental factors that exercise control in their respective domains, and they also help you know, to overcome you know, their opposites. 
Now let's take a closer look at uh, well, first of all the term domain or sphere, and so, uh, this term in the case as or, or in the case of the first controlling faculty covers a range that can a range that goes from faith on the one hand side all the way to its opposite of disbelief or indecision. So the sphere would be the sphere of resolution in the Pali scriptural language known as Adimokka. And so, you know, the other you know, day, you know, the term you know, appeared during the Dhamma talk. And so, you know, so faith in Pani is known as Sadda. And so, you know, then indecision or disbelief, the opposite of you know, faith in the Pani scriptural language, is known as Asadiya. And we shall later on define in greater detail what is meant by faith, by effort, by mindfulness, by concentration and wisdom. Now, the second domain or sphere is that of exertion. Pagaha in the Pani scriptural language. And certainly this then covers which range? It goes from Yes, from sloth and torpor to effort, or to put it differently, from laziness, kosaja in the Pani scriptural language, to effort. The <coughs> Third, a sphere is certainly that of uh, awareness, and uh, uh, this certainly then uh, covers certainly the range from going from mindfulness to forgetfulness or inattention, and certainly forgetfulness and inattention being known as muttanasati. And uh, the Pali term for awareness would be upatana in this context. Now, the next sphere or domain is that of non-distraction in Pali scriptural language known as awikepa. And then ranging from concentration, samadhi, all the way to distraction or agitation known in the Pali scriptural language as wikepa. And certainly, finally, uh, we have certainly, the sphere or domain of discernment, dasana, which certainly, then uh, goes from wisdom, panya, uh, all the way to delusion or ignorance, samoha. 
And now, to exercise control in the respective domain or sphere means that the controlling faculty of faith then exercises control over or in the sphere of resolution and in particular it deals certainly with its opposite of indecision and certain disbelief. The same thing then goes certain for effort. Effort helps to control the laziness which is part of this certain range or domain characterized as certain exertion. It also helps to overcome the respective opposite. Mind, the controlling faculty of footnote mindfulness then helps to overcome the opposite of forgetfulness in attention or it exercises control in the sphere of footnote awareness, upatana. Likewise, the controlling faculty of concentration, samad injuria, then exercises control over distraction or agitation and certain wisdom then does its work in the sphere of discernment dasana and certain then and certain helping to overcome the opposite of delusion or ignorance so what we shall do today is we shall take a closer look at certain the different aspects related to the controlling faculties and drawing a lot from the Samyutta Nikaya, which contains a collection of discourses on the injurious. But um, the, even though the collection is known as Injuria Samyutta, yet it does not deal exclusively with only with the five controlling faculties, but also with other factors that are in a larger sense are or were considered by the compilers of uh, the text as certain relevant under the term Indriya. The term, the Pani term Indriya appears in different contexts and therefore has has different meanings. However, we will limit our discussion only to the five certain controlling faculties. Now, in the uh, second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, discourse of uh, the 48th uh, Samyutta, which is uh, the discourse on uh, the uh, controlling uh, faculties, um, we find, well, um, we find different types of uh, people being defined uh, according to the controlling faculties. Or to put it differently, we find a classification of uh, human beings according to the, or in terms of the controlling faculties. Now, 
maybe read out one of these um, one or two of these Satna Suttas. Mm. Let's take number number three. Because Vikunis and lay meditators, there are these five faculties. What five? The faculty of faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, and faculty of wisdom. When a meditator or when a noble disciple understands as they really are the origin of the passing away, the gratification, the danger, and the escape in the case of the five faculties, then he or she is called a noble disciple who is a stream enter, no longer bound to the netherworld, fixed in destiny with enlightenment as his or her destiny. So here you know, the important phrase is when a noble disciple understands as they really are you know, the five controlling faculties and then um, you know, and then he or she is called a stream enterer. So a stream enterer then according to you know, this definition is one who has understood you know, the you know, five controlling faculties. Now in you know, discourse number four of Fatna the Indriya Samyutta, we find that you know, the following. And, uh, the discourse is entitled Arahant. Because because lay meditators, there are these five faculties. What five? The faculty of faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, and certain intuitive wisdom. When, having understood as they really are, the gratification, the danger, and the escape in the case of these five faculties, a meditator is liberated by non-clinging, then he or she is called uh, a meditator who is an arahant, one whose taints are destroyed, who has lived the holy life, done what had to be done, laid down the burden, reached his or her own goal, utterly destroyed the fetters of existence, one completely liberated through final knowledge. So, um, in the case of an arahant, uh, he or she is a person who has understood you know, the uh, gratification, danger, and escape in the case in, in the case of the five controlling you know, faculties, and is also liberated by non-clinging and has destroyed you know, the taints. So, an arahant. What this means is that there is a big difference in the way a stream enter has understood the the controlling faculties or relates to the controlling faculties and then the way an arahant does relate to them. Now, somewhat along uh, the same uh, line, the Buddha then goes on to uh, make uh, further or to distinguish further um, uh, among human beings. Uh, 
according to you know, the relative strength of faculties uh, that certain people you know, possess. And so, mm, then mm, distinguishing mm, by way of you know, the noble ones. So let's take one discourse here. Discourse number 18 from that same Samyutta, entitled Practicing. Oh, meditators, there are these five faculties. What five? The faculty of faith, energy, mindfulness, and so on. One who has completed and fulfilled these five faculties is an arahant. If they are weaker than that, one is practicing for the realization of the fruit of arahantship. If still weaker, one is a non-returner. If still weaker, one is practicing for the realization of the fruit of non-returning. If still weaker, one is a once-returner. If still weaker, one is practicing for the realization of the fruit of once returning. If still weaker, one is a stream enter. If still weaker, one is practicing for the realization of the fruit of stream entry. But because bhikkhunis and lay meditators, I say that one in whom these five faculties are completely and totally absent is an outsider, one who stands in the faction of worldlings. Now, um, there's several things here. There's one point, uh, the point of objection you might uh, um, disagree. First point is that, see, our mental, or, or you know, those mental qualities that are necessary for the realization of you know, the supermundane path into you know, fruition, those mental you know, qualities, be they, be they the five controlling faculties or you know, the you know, seven enlightenment you know, factors, are obviously different from person to person. And so, in a person who's done already a number of retreats and then you know, has gained some experience and eventually breaks through, well, this person then is a stream enterer. So, in such a person, the five controlling faculties will obviously be stronger than in maybe a person who's not practicing at all or a person who has just started. Now, um, the more you practice, the more you know, those five controlling faculties will get stronger and stronger and certainly stronger. And so, thus, Satna, then, with the attainment of Satna, the second you know, noble uh, path of Satna, non of one's return, you know, with this, you know, the um, controlling faculties will be, relatively speaking, stronger than in the case of a, uh, a stream entry, but weaker than in the case of an, uh, one of a non-returner, and so on and so forth. Now, 
it says here towards the end of footnote the discourse I say that one in whom these five faculties are completely and totally absent is an outsider one who stands in the faction of worldlings so what is wrong with this statement or not wrong but uh, what uh, is difficult to understand There you go. There you go. So, in an ordinary meditator who has not yet attained you know, you know, the fruition or path of fruition in connection with stream injury, these five controlling faculties will be there. Um, they will be there um, to some extent, um, however, you know, they will not be you know, as strong as in you know, the case of, uh, uh, let's say, a stream injury. So, the footnotes uh, you know, to you know, this uh, particular sutta explains uh, that the Buddha was speaking in terms of absolute, uh, you know, or in, in an absolute way, and uh, you know, limiting it only to the supramundane world. Though, so, to all of those who have already um, gained path and certain fruition knowledge. How, and so you know, that is one approach. However, elsewhere in you know, the text, the controlling faculties are clearly uh, also you know, mentioned with regard you know, to ordinary you know, worldlings. But just you know, to clarify you know, this particular you know, point. Now, In terms of a practical application, see, in the world, and I mean the mundane, the mundane world or, or, or religious world, it doesn't matter. There are those who are uh, extremely successful, there are those who are successful, there are those who are less successful, and there are you know, those who are maybe not that successful. And one of you know, the reasons for you know, the differences in success may of course be many different things, but um, among those you know, factors, those five controlling faculties may play an important role. So if you think of someone like the Venerable Saido Pandita Bhivamsa, who at the age of 90 is still traveling far and wide, and he's traveling at least once, not, not at least, at, at least uh, um, twice or thrice a year abroad. He's going from Burma to, he's coming to Nepal, and he's going to Malaysia, and he's going to Taiwan, he's going to the U.S. to conduct meditation retreats for the benefit of meditators. Well, this, do you think, will be possible in the case of someone who's not, who's not practicing, who has no mental strength? Hmm? Many people won't even have the health to, 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 to do this. No, they won't even have the physical strength to, to do this. So, 
there are some people, whether in the religious world or in you know, the ordinary you know, world, who have trained you know, themselves you know, to you know, be strong, to have strong you know, mental you know, qualities, and those like and so strong mental qualities, you know, you know, the five controlling faculties might certainly be some of those, and other qualities such as, let's say, patience, and you know, then you know, maybe, well, then maybe even a certain mundane form of you know, wisdom and as a result of this they then are successful. So success obviously for some also comes in uh, not so uh, legal ways and certainly I don't certainly mean those certain people. But for those who are successful in a proper way, they have certain qualities that justify or will have certain qualities that will justify their success. Now, to show you the potential of the potential and the importance of these controlling faculties in discourse number 43 towards the end it clearly states to what level these the practice the training in these five controlling faculties can lead us So, a discourse entitled Saketa, and I'm not going to go into you know, the details of you know, this discourse, and towards the end it just uh, says, because that which is the faculty of faith is the power of faith and so on, and it is because one has developed and cultivated these five faculties that a meditator by the destruction of the taints in this very life enters and dwells in the taintless liberation of mind, liberation by wisdom, realizing it for himself or herself with direct knowledge. So, you know, the perfection of those certain five controlling faculties may yield a tremendous benefit and the the maximum being the attainment of arahanship, which is described as the destruction of the taints. Now, what do you think? These five controlling faculties, the order in which they are being mentioned, is of a haphazard nature, or any is there any significance to them? Is there any significance to the order? Buddha never did anything haphazard. Yes. Okay. You have to start with faith because that's what propels you to the other factors. Yes, so you, know, you start with faith and then in that you know, no. <laughs> but I know there's a meaning to the order. Yeah. So um out of yes what's this? Is it from the easiest to the hardest? Um, that's actually an interesting aspect. Well, you know, wisdom is certainly the result of the earlier ones. 
Now, the connection is as follows. See, um, when you have faith in something, then uh, faith and conviction in something, then will you be willing to apply yourself? to this certain uh, project or whatever it might be or work, obviously, yes. And uh, so you know, then the you know, controlling faculty of certain energy or effort follows naturally. So based on um, faith in the practice and also based on you know, or based in you know, the effort made in a continuous manner and certain sending you know, the observing mind towards the predominant object over and over and over again, then naturally mindfulness will arise. And the Venerable Sadhu Pandita gives a few more uh, explanatory steps, and uh, by saying, okay, you know, the you know, jhanic or, or the factor of vitaka aiming will also be there, and certainly, so if uh, aiming is there and effort uh, you know, is also there, you know, then you know, then the mind will be rubbing the object. When those sort of three you know, factors are there, based on faith, then mindfulness uh, will be there, and certainly will be continuous. So if the mind, if the effort is continuous, you know, then the mindfulness is also likely to be continuous. Now, if you're mindful of a predominant object for, and, and it's one object, and you stay with it, you know, let's say, for a longer period of time, you know, then quite naturally you know, the mind you know, will you know, kind of you know, get glued you know, to you know, the object. It will be focused on the object squarely you know, facing you know, the you know, object. And, you know, in other words, certain concentration is and then in the presence of those first four controlling or mental factors, so faith, effort, mindfulness, and certain concentration, well, when a mind is concentrated, as we know already from earlier discourses, and happiness is also present, and yeah, and happiness also present, then um, intuitive wisdom can uh, arise. When the mind is distracted, then intuitive fatna wisdom cannot arise. And so let's certainly see how Elder Sariputta has explained all of this as is recorded in discourse number 50 of this same injury at Samyutta. Oops. A little bit longer. I'll just give you the highlights of it. So. Um, Thus have I heard on one occasion the Blessed One was dwelling among the Angans where there was a town of the Angans named Apana. There the Blessed One addressed the Venerable Sariputta thus, Sariputta, does the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and has full confidence in him entertain any perplexity or doubt about the Tathagata or the Tathagata's teaching? To this, Elder Sariputta says, Venerable Sir, the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and has full confidence in him does not entertain any perplexity or doubt about the Tathagata or the Tathagata's teaching. It is indeed to be expected that a noble disciple who has faith will 
will dwell with energy aroused for the abandoning of unwholesome you know, states and the acquisition of wholesome states and so on. And then, it is indeed to be expected that a noble disciple who has faith and whose energy is aroused you know, will be mindful, possessing supreme mindfulness and discretion, etc. And then, that a noble disciple who has faith, whose energy is aroused and whose mindfulness is established, will gain concentration, will gain one-pointedness of mind, having made release the object. And then, it is indeed to be expected that a noble disciple who has faith, whose energy is aroused, whose mindfulness is established and whose mind is concentrated, will understand thus. This is samsara without discoverable beginning, and so on and so forth. And so when one has again and again strived in such a way, again and again recollected in such a way, concentrated one's mind, under and again and again understood with wisdom in such a way that noble dis, a noble disciple gains complete faith. Thus, as to these are things that previously I had only heard about, now I dwell having contacted them with the body and having pierced them through with wisdom. I see that faith of his, venerable sir, is his faculty of faith. Good, good, Sariputta, you know, the Buddha replies, Sariputta, the noble disciple who is completely dedicated to the Tathagata and has full confidence in him, does not entertain any perplexity. And then the Buddha basically repeats all of uh, you know, Elder Sariputta's uh, explanations, verbatim, verbatim. Um, now, in other you know, discourses of you know, that same you know, Samyutta, it says that uh, the um, controlling or that the wisdom faculty is the chief among you know, the states conducive you know, to enlightenment, and wisdom is also you know, referred to as the factor which stabilizes the other uh, faculties. And in Discourse number 43, we find another interesting point, namely that explains about the um, relationship between the controlling faculties, your indriyas, and the powers. And there it says both of them, the faculties as well as the the powers, are identical. So the same list of uh, factors, and they are like two streams of a river flowing around a midstream island. The difference is that the controlling faculties exercise control in in their respective domain, whereas the powers are unwavering, they're not shaken by by the opposites. Now, in terms of the definitions that are given in in the various suttas in connection with the controlling faculties, we find the following, namely, 
the controlling faculty of faith is defined as faith in the perfect enlightenment of the Buddha and uh, well the efficacy of uh, his uh, of the path that he has uh, discovered in other words having faith in the virtues of uh, the Buddha now Faith is an important quality, and faith can be understood in different ways. Now, in faith, in accordance with the Buddha's teachings, is not a type of blind faith, but rather a faith that encourages or that includes the spirit of inquiry and the doubt about dubitable things. And With regard to this certain faith, it is a faith that is uh, that arises not necessarily or not only on hearing the teachings, but primarily, or the faith then should develop further by supporting it with understanding. So what happens is when we practice, we then carefully observe what every predominant object arises in the body and in the mind, and so with this then we gain direct understanding. And this direct understanding then leads us to having faith or placing faith in what we have just seen. And then it's not just because of hearsay, but rather the faith is based on direct experience. And people in highly industrialized countries very much like this approach because one, there's a way of verifying it for oneself. Not, of course, not for everyone, but to, for a you know, fair number of number of people. Now, with regard you know, to you know, this certain faith, you know, we we can make further qualifications by saying that at first there is just initial faith which will be relatively weak, shaky and then gradually that certain faith becomes trusting or verified faith in the Pali language and then eventually with practice, this faith becomes what? Unshakable faith. There you go. And Sapna, which in the Pali scripture language is known as Awecha Pasada. And what this means is, through the realization of the noble path of stream entry, so Sotapati Manga, we well, the fetter of skeptical doubt, which Kicha gets totally uprooted from the stream of consciousness, and with when doubt is gone, what remains is faith.
Hmm? is certainly faith and then even if the most gifted or talented the speaker you know, comes along and uh, you know, talks about certain some other wonderful religious certain system or you know, you know, you know, particular school of philosophy this will not sway the person's faith in the Dhamma or faith in the Dhamma anymore. And so, so that's an, an important certain uh, distinction and uh, mm, one way of uh, seeing whether a person has really gained the practice or has gained you know, the Dhamma or not is by carefully you know, checking the person's faith in uh, the Buddha's certain uh, teachings. Now, maybe just uh, this much time is limited. Now, the second controlling faculty is that of uh, effort. And uh, effort in the context of the controlling faculties is defined as uh, the four supreme efforts, Samapadana, in the Pani scriptural language. And the of the four samapadanas or supreme efforts are you know, the effort you know, to avoid then there and certainly the effort to avoid unwholesome states which have not arisen from arising. This in the Pani scriptural language is known as Samwara Padana. Then number two, we have the effort to abandon unwholesome mental states which have arisen already, which in the Pani scriptural language is known as Pahana Padana. And then we have, as number three, the effort to develop wholesome states which have not yet arisen. And then in the Pali scripture language known as Bhavana Padana. And finally, there is the effort and to maintain you know, those wholesome mistakes which have already arisen in Pani, Anurakana, Padana. So, by for instance, restraining our senses and making effort from moment to moment, we avoid unwholesome mental states from arising. And then, if unwholesome mental states have uh, arisen already, such as you know, you know, a thought of fitness and lust, or you know, some you know, maybe um, hate uh, or, or hateful you know, thought, you know, or thought of cruelty, etc., then you know, we will you know, make an effort you know, to you know, overcome you know, this uh, or those uh, such kind of thoughts. Now, as for you know, the you know, third uh, effort, mm, you know, this is certainly uh, you know, the effort to arouse unreasonable wholesome you know, states, 
and so wholesome states that could start with very simple things such as generosity done, such as getting established in virtue, such as starting to develop the mind through samatha meditation or vipassana meditation, practicing loving kindness, compassion, and so on and so forth. So bringing about meant bringing about wholesome qualities that earlier on were not certain uh, present. And in the case of, and this might then also include bringing about the seven controlling, the seven enlightenment factors. And as for the fourth supreme effort, this is to maintain a reason wholesome mental states, and thus one will do everything to encourage them to grow further, to mature, to come to full perfection of development. Now, maybe this much in terms of effort, then in terms of the mind, the controlling faculty of mindfulness, this simply consists of the four establishments of mindfulness, so mindful contact or a mindful contemplation of bodily you know, objects of feedings and uh, then of the mind chitanupasana satipatthana and then finally of uh, dhammas and uh, Marcia has already uh, given two talks on uh, those so you know, there's no need to go into this any further and then in terms of concentration, concentration is defined as concentration of a mind which is associated with wholesome consciousness and this may wholesome consciousness which may reach an absorption or anything you know, corresponding to this so any you know, form of unification of the mind one point uh, one pointedness and you know, concentration you know, being you know, defined as you know, the fixing a state of you know, the mind being firmly fixed or you know, the fixing of the mind on uh, a particular object. It could be one single conceptual object, but could also be um, uh, some uh, object of ultimate certain reality. Now, various certain definitions for concentration exist, but certainly we just don't have you know, the time to uh, go into uh, these. And you know, then, in terms of the controlling faculty of wisdom, this is certainly defined as certainly, well, you know, the understanding of the four noble truths. The noble truth of the existence of suffering, the noble truth of uh, um, the cause certainly, for or the origin of certainly, suffering, and then the noble truth of the cessation of suffering, and finally the noble truth of the path leading to the cessation of certainly, suffering. Now, when it 
comes to you know, these controlling you know, faculties, it might be helpful you know, to know that you know, they um, oftentimes are grouped in a certain way, you know, namely the controlling faculty of faith and certain wisdom forms one pair and the controlling faculty of effort and uh, and concentration forms the second certain pair and with regard to faith and wisdom one might sure one might certainly say that this pair ensures that emotional and in the intellectual sides of one's spiritual life are kept in balance whereas in the case of energy and concentration they ensure that the activating and restraining sides of mental development are kept in balance so there are many occasions when we need to restrain the mind especially when the mind is just about to do or to go into some stupidity and so on other occasions when the mind is somewhat sluggish then it needs to be activated and mindfulness belongs to neither side but oversees those two pairs and so um, holding them in a mutually enriching tension. It is said that the controlling, the four controlling faculties of of faith and wisdom and of energy and concentration should not be in excess nor should they be deficient because of certain consequences and we shall look at those consequences in a couple of minutes. Um, Whereas in the case of mindfulness, it is said in in the text that there is mindfulness is never deficient. So even in an arahant, mindfulness can be developed further and further, or deepened more and more. Now, for you know, the controlling faculty of faith, two factors are given as contributing to the arising of faith, and you know, those are joy, pity, as well as pleasure, sukha. And so, you know, when you know, those are you know, present, then one you know, will take you know, much interest in uh, what is certainly going on. Now, the balance of you know, the controlling you know, of those two pairs is extremely uh, important uh, for uh, a proper uh, development uh, in our uh, meditation practice. And uh, the Venerable Sadhu Pandita B. Vansa Burma on several occasions has uh, said um, 
a meditator may have developed his or her practice already to a relatively high level, yet if the five controlling faculties are not properly balanced, then the person will not gain the Dhamma. And uh, it may take a long, long time. However, if mm, one has pra- developed one's practice to a relatively high level, and the five controlling faculties are well balanced, in good balance, then it may not take much time at all. It may be just a matter of a couple of hours. And so this balance of the controlling faculties is crucial for a further deepening of or for the realization of the Dhamma. And there is even a technical term for this, namely given as Indriya Samatna Samatta. And, and so this equilibrium is indispensable for the realization of, this, of spiritual attainments because when one faculty becomes strong and the others are weak, then what will happen? What will happen to the others? Hmm? If one faculty is exceedingly strong, the others can atrophy. The the others can atrophy. Yes. Well, the others won't be able to perform their functions properly. Each faculty performs a certain function, and so. And so, uh, as an example, if the faculty of faith is stronger than the others, then the faculty of energy cannot perform its certain function of exerting, the faculty of mindfulness, its function of establishing, (coughs) the faculty of concentration, its function of not distracting, and the faculty of wisdom, its function of understanding. Now, there is a famous case, um, not just one, actually several, and a um, case of a disciple of the Buddha, namely Sona Koli Wisa. And even though he was trying very hard to attain arahanship, yet he could not do it. Now, the Buddha, while dwelling on Gijakuta, became aware of this and visited Sona Kolivisa. Sona Kolivisa, in his life as a layperson prior to becoming a monastic, had certainly been an excellent player of the veena, certain instruments, a string instrument. And suddenly the Buddha knew this, and suddenly he asked him whether back then during his days as a musician, whether the vena or music played on on the vena where the strings were either overstrung or overlaxed, whether that music would certainly be nice or not. And obviously, vena or or, 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 or
the answer. Likewise, you know, the Buddha explained to him, if you know, certain um, faculties you know, of you know, the mind are in excess or you know, deficient, you know, then, um, you know, then one will not be able to practice properly and not gain uh, the Dhamma. So, Elder Sona Kolivisa took the Buddha's instructions to hard and applied them to applied them, and in no time did he become an arahant. Another case of excessive effort would be the case of Elder Ananda, the attendant of the Buddha, who strenuously did walking meditation for the larger part of the nine, and then overdid it, and did not gain did not gain arahantship. It was only after realizing this that he decided to lie down and to relax a little bit and while he was in the process of lying down having not yet placed his head fully on the bed he then gained the Dhamma. Now in this certain connection just briefly I'll try to make it as certain quick as possible. So when Faith is in excess, then the symptom of this will be what? When faith is in excess. Credulity. Yes, credulity, that is correct. And then what do we need to do in a situation like this? So then the mind is gullible, one is gullible, one will have blind faith. And so in a situation like this, one needs to be just more realistic. One needs to realize that that one uh, is uh, uh, getting carried away. Now, when so-called wisdom is in excess, then this sudden may lead to intellectual cleverness or cunningness and in this situation one simply needs to stop that intellectualizing when effort is in excess we find what body and mind get very calm agitation uh, agitation there you go uh, that's correct Jerry uh, so, you know, body and mind be, they may become extremely restless. So, if you notice you know, that uh, you know, you're becoming restless for no particular reason, you know, then uh, you know, check you know, this certain situation. So, what to do in a situation like this? Relax. Relax, back off a little bit. Uh, try it you know, less. And then, when concentration is in excess, you know, then you know, what's the symptom for this? Sloth and torpor, yes, sleepiness. And as a countermeasure, one might want to open this, open up the senses. Now, um, in the case of a deficiency, deficiency of faith, then manifests in with which symptom? Doubt, yes, that's correct. And so you know, then you want to arouse your faith. And so, you know, when you know, wisdom is uh, you know, deficient, then this will manifest as? Lack of discernment. Pardon me? Lack of discernment. 
yes, lack of discernment, well put, and then we want to observe more carefully since this will observe more carefully and make sure that concentration is there and with this we will come to know the true nature of objects. When effort is deficient, then the symptom for this will be laziness, various forms of laziness, and obviously then what we need to do is we need to make more effort. And finally, when concentration is deficient, then we will be distracted and then we want to restrain our senses and we may want to work with the pain since this is known to develop concentration or we might want to stay with one object for a longer period of time. Now, <coughs> still the... Um, but the path of discrimination has you know, some interesting advice to give on how you know, to you know, develop you know, or how to purify you know, the you know, five uh, faculties in 15 aspects. And so when one avoids faithless persons and cultivates and frequents and honors faithful persons and reviews suttas that inspire confidence, then the faith faculty is purified in uh, a person in these certain three aspects. So the three aspects are you know, avoiding, cultivating, frequenting and honoring and certain reviewing. And then the same thing goes certain for, um, for effort. So by avoiding idle persons, cultivating, frequenting and honoring energetic persons, and then reviewing right endeavors you know, the, the, you know, for supreme you know, efforts, you know, with this uh, you know, one's energy faculty gets purified. The same thing goes you know, for you know, the you know, remaining three controlling faculties. And then in you know, the fourth footnote uh, chapter of footnote that Patisamida Maga, section four, uh, yet another you know, interesting way is Satna uh, mentioned. So, in the case of the faith faculty, how can we you know, work you know, on it? How can, you know, can we um, develop it? Well, by intentionally abandoning non-faith, one is developing faith. And you know, when one is developing the faith faculty, one abandons non-faith. And the same thing then goes for you know, the remaining controlling faculties. This brings us more or less to the end of our discourse today and uh, let me conclude uh, by uh, wishing may in the course of Fatna, your meditation retreat here, may these controlling faculties well grow stronger and stronger. May they grow into powerful controlling faculties. May they also be you know, become more and more balanced and certainly then when you know, the necessary conditions are you know, there may they contribute to you know, the realization of the noble you know, path of stream entry during this very retreat here in Taos and this is it
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.